Foster and Friends is a show where I have peer-to-peer conversations with my friends, from entrepreneurs and creators to corporate soldiers and humble leaders. I believe there is a lot to learn and laugh about when listening to stories of others. Please join me in honoring their lives, sharing their stories, and gaining a new perspective. All information discussed during this episode is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be viewed as investment advice or as a solicitation or offer to buy or sell any securities. Foster and Friends is not a registered investment advisor and is separate from Brent Foster services offered under Northbound Wealth Management, LLC. This is Foster and Friends with your host, Brent Foster. And I have a very special guest today, and that is my amazing and beautiful wife, Nora Foster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's loving this right now. <laughs> and thankfully, uh, we're just going to have some fun and chat a little bit about what Nora is doing and what she's got going on with Northbound Health. Don't confuse that with Northbound Wealth. I will not. It's like our daughter's Indian Addy. Indian Addy. I will not confuse it, babe. I love that you just joked with me about that. So Northbound Health instead of Northbound Wealth. And I'm not talking about Northbound Wealth here. We're talking about you <laughs> and Northbound you. Health. So you, you. right on. So um, Nora Foster in the house and uh, around four months ago, she started up a nonprofit clinic called Northbound Health 501c3. Um, Nora, can you kind of share with us um, what Northbound Health is all about and what like what patients are trying to serve and kind of just give us the rundown. What are you what are you up to? What are you doing? Even though I don't like talking like this, I can easily share about Northbound Health. I started the 501c3 application in July, and uh, it was something that I did not want to do necessarily. I worked at a nonprofit for the past seven years or so, and it was a lot of hard work. It was a grind, Mm -hmm. but it was well worth it in the long run. Um, I have a very... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but I was made with empathy and compassion and I want to help people. Mm -hmm. So this was the birth of helping someone that wanted to help me do more to help other people. It just keeps uh, going. And I, um, you know, it, you started Northbound Wealth, you started Northbound Stories. Mm -hmm. I had some folks that wanted me to see them in their house and I didn't know if I wanted to start a business. Mm -hmm. And you said, well, you might as well just make an LLC and just get things going. And thankfully you and Sally, who works for you, mentioned Mm -hmm. Northbound Health as a name for me. And it all just made sense. Um, I think you and I saw the vision of what Northbound means for your Mm -hmm. services, for Mm -hmm. the wealth management practice, but for health in general, we're talking about um, a directional term, I guess, to make people get better, try Mm -hmm. to find a way to navigate the healthcare system. That's been a big issue for a lot of people. They feel lost um, and it all just came together very, very quickly. Yes. So 501c3 happened in August and um, Medicare, Medicaid, Anthem, Aetna, 
contracts came right then and there too. So in September, we started seeing our first patients. Excellent. That's awesome. What kind of patients do you see? We serve a very broad population. Um, our mission statement talks about life-altering medical conditions and injuries. Mm -hmm. So that can be, you know, a child born with some sort of disability or deficit mm -hmm. that's not typical. And um, if we're appropriate for providing those services, that's something that we could do. If it was an adolescent or a teen, um, for instance, we are hoping to be able to help. Uh, he's a 15 year old, but he had an issue after surgery where he ended up getting a brain injury from the lack of oxygen during the surgery. We can see someone that maybe might be in a significant car accident and either mm -hmm. have a brain injury or a spinal cord injury. Someone that might have lost a limb after an accident or even just from a health condition, you know, such as diabetes. So it's very broad range. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, any, any injury can cause someone's life to change completely. And right. Um, I just, I hope that we can just provide the best service. And if we can't, then I don't want to help them because I think somebody else might be able to do it better. Right. And that's, I think the other thing that this is stemming out of is there's so many good hospital systems within this area and their delivery might be a little different than ours that we might be able to help folks that they can't or um, vice versa. So I think we just want to be open to doing what's best for the patient and hopefully making this like a truly patient centric focus. Right. I love that. That is awesome. And uh, I'm really excited about what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I saw on your website um, is about holistic, mm -hmm. holistic approach. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So the health, um, Northbound Health stemmed from, it wasn't going to be Northbound PT because it was so much more than that. Right. At the last clinic that I helped create, we did physical therapy, we did fitness related activities. And what we saw was um, so much more than that. It became almost this informal support group. Um, you can tell that a lot of people need emotional help. People need to understand where their mental capacity is during this transition in their life and how to improve upon that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big barrier financially for someone that's life has changed completely. Um, maybe they cannot work anymore or their spouse has to take care of them full time and they have to figure out how to bring in financial support for their family. Um, maybe with a child, you have a parent that can't work anymore because they have to take full-time care of their, um, their child that was injured or ends up having a medical condition that comes up. And then also there's a fact of the spiritual part and, um, you know, spiritual can mean a lot of different things for a lot of people and mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be religious in nature, but mm -hmm. what is helping this person find encouragement and hope for the future and how they can end up, you know, moving on from this to, figure out where life goes next. And um, I think we've, the other therapists and I that have started this, we've had a lot of conversations, but it's not just about like reintegrating into the community, but maybe about like kind of finding your identity again and what that looks like for you. And I know the new normal gets put out there a lot and yeah. I don't know if everybody likes that term, but yeah, like sometimes you just have to figure out what life looks like um, when it's a little bit different than what it was before. Excellent. Yeah. And that, it sounds like Northbound Health can provide a lot of uh, a lot of different answers for people trying to figure that, uh, navigate that uh, situation that can be life altering and, and really, really a challenging yeah. situation for them. Um, can you share uh, with the audience like um, some of the therapies you're, you're using? Um, I know personally you hooked me up on a VR system mm -hmm. 
And uh, I thought that was fascinating. I've never been hooked up to a VR system ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, it was just amazing. So maybe talk about some of the things that you do with patients uh, so that you can maybe maximize their recovery efforts. Yeah. So I can give you a breakdown of our services. We do physical therapy right now. Mm-hmm. And that's going to just focus on special attention of function and mobility. We're going to use um, equipment that is typically restricted to, I would say, specialized outpatient clinics because of the cost to it. But also, um, I think in the home health realm, because this is part of our mission, too, we're going to be going into people's homes and meeting them wherever they need to be met. Um, But yeah, it's the cost to this equipment is pretty high, but right. it's specialized. It can give um, different abilities for a patient. So for instance, we have electrical stimulation units. Um, this can basically make all muscles fire at one time to get a person to do an activity. They can go mm-hmm. from sit to stand, or they mm-hmm. can reach for you know a cup or a glass instead of reaching for a cone, for instance, in mm-hmm. the typical therapy world. But mm-hmm. um, it allows us as a therapist to maybe have almost that extra set of hands without having the extra set of hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a VR system, virtual reality system. Um, It's called the real system. Um, It's from Penumbra. I think that's the name (laughs) of the manufacturer out of California, giving them a shout out because they've been wonderful to us. They've done a lot of, um, you know, going around to patients' homes and into our clinic based, um, clinic that is based in Fort Bend area, but it's to work on function and almost doing it to where they get out of their world for a little bit. And there's games that they can play. I, I believe that hopefully they're going to come up with something that's a little bit more lifelike too, for those that might enjoy that. But we were, we were watching (laughs) America's funniest videos with the girls this weekend and yeah. One of the clips was on VR systems and you see people that get so immersed in this world. And so we thought, hey, why not bring that convenience or make it convenient for somebody to stay in their home, but bring this equipment that is going to make them feel like they're not at home anymore. Right. right. Because that's not fun for someone to feel stuck at home. Right. That's and right. that's why we're seeing them there. Right. So why not get something that's going to make them feel like they're getting out of their house and enjoy it. But hopefully it's going to be under the restrictions of our care to the point where they're not going to fall back into a TV or, you know, <laughs> follow their seat and chair. We'll have a little bit more. <laughs> right. I feel like I needed to be supervised yeah. on, in, in it as well. And I, and I don't have an injury. So yeah. yeah. So I'll keep talking about my other services okay, real please, quick. Please um, going. We're going to be doing occupational therapy too. Okay. And that's going to start in 2022 with a specialization in um, complex rehab technology. Okay. So right. that's a, a wordy element to what our OT is going to be doing. But a lot of times it's going to be going after the equipment that somebody needs, like wheelchair, maybe home modifications, and getting them set up in the right thing to make them successful. So a lot of times people aren't set up in the right chair that, you know, if they're not sitting in the correct position or something's not measured correctly to their body when it needs to be custom fit, then they may not be able to get out of their house. They may not have the ability to do something independently within their home unless they are in the right equipment. And then we have a speech therapist that specializes in, you know, obviously communication. So voice, language, um, swallowing difficulties, and even cognition. So she um, is just really good at what she does. She went to, um, she's got a PhD, but she also taught at Ball State in their speech therapy program. So she's got a really good background and um, 
she's got a heart for serving other people. So mm -hmm. I think that's going to add a lot to where we take this, um, having all three disciplines within therapy. Yeah. And I hope, you know, our vision is that we grow outside of it. So the health portion really comes into play where it's not just therapy services that we want to focus on because it's, it's more than that. I think holistically we can capture a good picture with the services we're going to have, but hopefully we can grow. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like you're on the right path. Um, some of the, <laughs> some of the vendors that you might be able, that, that you might utilize when it comes to like wheelchairs and stuff like that, who are some of the players there in that space? Um, there are quite a few. Okay. I would say that, you know, we are trying to let the patient decide where they want to go, um, right. to use the yeah. services and also allow them to have a choice in this. I think that's one thing that sometimes gets left out. Yeah. We have a lot of good ones in the area, a lot of caring individuals that are not just selling them equipment, but I think they care about what that looks like for their life and their independence. And um, hopefully we can just go with whoever's appropriate, but right. I won't name any specifics. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, leaving it up to the patient will be probably the best thing for us to do. Gotcha. Too. Gotcha. Okay. So you, you have a, a, a physical location, uh, Fort Benjamin Harrison area, east side of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And then um, you have uh, mobile capabilities, right? So with the different um, uh, uh, physical therapy, occupational and speech. So um, that's, that's really exciting. Yeah. 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 So it started um, with mobile because yep. it's very low overhead in a sense right. of what we needed to start because a lot of uh, we're all volunteering our time to get this off the ground. That's right. And so driving in a car um, <laughs> is different than having a lease that you have to worry about. Right. But the other thing is that what the, is what this vision was is to meet people where they were at. So there's a lot of barriers to getting them to the specialized care. Mm -hmm. So why not meet them in the home and then overall have a goal of trying to get them back into the community and get to the specialized clinics and um, get into where it's most appropriate or allow them to work um, in the community again, maybe do something recreational. So like really our clinic is anywhere. If somebody wants to, you know, go for a walk on the Monon, why not go for a walk on the Monon with them? And, and it's therapeutic because we can be working with them on their gate. Right. Um, if somebody wants to have a coffee meeting with a friend and they're just learning this whole world again of getting out when maybe they aren't saying what they want to say because of aphasia. Right. Um, a lot of times that happens after a stroke or maybe somebody can't um, get the words out, but why not meet them at a coffee shop with a friend and help them through that conversation and, sure. and work through some of the communication skills or someone that wants to get back into work. We have work um, conditioning in the therapy world to get somebody in a, you know, a better posture, which I need <laughs> to do right now, but why not help them into that work um, life and figure out what's going to make them successful within that environment. So really anywhere can be our clinic. Um, thankfully with COVID, we're mm -hmm. able to do this too um, with insurance reimbursement. Sometimes it might have to be private pay because insurance doesn't want to reimburse the right. specific type of thing. But um, I think it allows it to be really personalized for the patient. And then um, Fort Bend CrossFit, uh, Fort Bend Fit is what they're called. They've yep. just been a really nice um, partner for us when we were looking for a place. Like if somebody really wanted a gym atmosphere yeah. that you typically would get in a physical therapy clinic, why not, you know, bring them somewhere like that? And exactly. they've just been really generous with a location for us as they had a small little clinic room. And then also they're allowing us access to their gym. 
So a lot of opportunity there. We um, are trying to get partnerships throughout basically central Indiana. So Marion County, Hamilton County, if we can get to other areas, why not have these little places set up for people to meet and go to? So if we can get partners within the community, that would be really nice for us to keep our overhead low and be able to perform you know, the services basically as affordable as possible, but also being able to do what's right for the patient. Excellent. Yeah. So is the model to uh, look focus on Indianapolis and uh, kind of perfect the model and then maybe from there, maybe expand outside of Indianapolis someday? I think there are a few and far between that are doing this okay. where um, it's, it's typically going to be in a smaller version versus like a huge healthcare system just because of there. I've learned um, after being a manager and understanding some of the billing practices and, and what it looks like to manage something this large, it's hard to do this kind of care within that system. Yeah. And there's so much risk and liability when you're working with people that have significant needs um, that once it grows, the risk actually intensifies, but then it makes you not be able to perform the services like you would want, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that I, I don't know where this is going to go to, but I think hopefully we're paving the way for something new. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that there's some out there. And again, they're just few and far between within the United States. But what if we could create a model that works and is more teammates within the healthcare system? Um, mm -hmm. So we don't have to be competitors, but why not work together? You know, so exactly. if they are in this hospital system here, but they can't get to their outpatient clinic or maybe they don't get accepted into their rehab. Why not have us come in and see them in the home? And our whole goal would be to get them to their clinic. You know, if, if our clinic's not the best fit, but theirs is great, that would be awesome. Um, it'd be nice if we didn't have to worry about our brand and our loyalty to the brand, right? Like right. that's, I get that. And you want to be able to have patience, but I think there's so much need out there that sometimes you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Exactly. And I agree with you hundred percent. Northbound Health has a board and you guys have put that together. Can you talk a little bit about who's, who's on the board and, um, and how we are all collaborating together to uh, make Northbound Health what it is? Yeah, we started with just a um, opportunity to, I, I worked with some folks previously mm -hmm. and maybe a family member or someone else that wanted to be involved in the story um, yeah. and where this journey is going to take us. So Jim Hines is right now acting as our board chair. Yep. He is the president of Epic um, Insurance Midwest. Yep. He understands us all too well as his wife deals with certain physical disabilities after um, a couple different instances in her life um, that have left it hard for her to walk, left it hard for her to function as the way she used to before this stuff happened. So um, he he understands where this goes, right? Like mm -hmm. he understands that this is um, a process. It's a journey for people to learn through. And a lot of times they need guidance in it. And so he was all, he was ready to help in any way he could um, and provide some input from, you know, the knowledge that he has and so he's just been wonderful to talk with. He works mm -hmm. really well with me, I feel like, to the point where we can kind of knock some things out together. Right. And then I have a um, compliance lawyer um, to help us with compliance with all mm -hmm. of the fun medical side. 
Um, there's always so many things to worry about when you're treating patients under Medicare guidelines. And so Ariel Jefferson, um, she's a friend of ours and just awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. She's soft-spoken, but I think she's you know, somebody that you want on your side because of her knowledge. And I'm really thankful to have her too. And then from there, it led on to Audie Kemp, which he is with one of the vendors. I'll give a shout out to him, but he's (laughs) ATP Connect. He created his own um, small, basically a small vending, like he works with other vendors within the area. So, you know, he explained it one way to me, but to create competition because competition is always going to be good to keep people at the top of their game. Right. So he's trying to help people that are maybe in more rural areas Mm. and, and get them, you know, services that they typically wouldn't have Mm. um, available to them. And uh, he's just got a heart for, helping people any way he can. So he's willing to go above and beyond and, you know, personally sacrifice his time and maybe money and effort to do something for a patient that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of the stories he shared with me recently was there was a gentleman that reached out and he got connected with, but he typically rides around in a scooter, which would be one that you would see, um, with the seat and you've got the little handlebars and a brake. <laughs> yeah. um, but this guy needed the scooter to get around most everywhere. He was able to walk here and there, but he had braces and had to use an assistive device. And um, what happened, he, I think actually the, the story was that he had a prosthetic leg and the scooter ran out of batteries. He wasn't able to get around. Something was wrong with it. And he couldn't get help from a company, right? Like they mm-hmm. were, they didn't just come over and give him a battery. So that would be like us with our leg not working and not being able to get up and move around. We usually find some way to do it. But if right. you don't have a leg to do it, right, or not the ability to do it, it just becomes where you need somebody else to help you or you don't get the help you need. Exactly. And he said he was around in his house using his prosthetic leg, basically like, a you know, um, like a row. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and, uh, so he heard about that. Yeah. Sorry. A paddle couldn't get that out of my (laughs) head, but yeah. And it was just like, Oh my word, this is what happens. Right. When they can't get the help they need right away. It's real life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, I went over there and brought him a chair right away. Like I, Mm. I didn't care if he was going to give me business or not, but he needed help and I wanted to get him help. So Mm. that's the way I feel like I've always done things when I started working in the healthcare field. It was just like putting that patient first. I remember having somebody in the hospital that her neck was so bothered by the pillows that were in the hospital room and she didn't have family members to come bring her anything. And I ran out to Target and grabbed her some pillows so that she could have some kind of comfort, right? And um, she had surgery on her neck. So it's like these, (laughs) these are the things that you wish could be different within the healthcare system, but we can't tend to everyone's small needs like that. But if I'm around them, then I want to be able to do what I can. Exactly. Um, Sorry, that was a long story. Um, So yeah, so (laughs) Adi, I could go on and on. Uh, (laughs) And then, and then we've got a neighbor um, that we started having discussions with him. His name's Tony Avalana. Mmm, Avliana. Avliana. That's how we oh. say it, Tony. Oh, really? <laughs> I right, get Tony. confused because I hear him say it and I'm like, it doesn't look like it sounds. <laughs> Apologies, um, brother. Avliana. And uh, we, you know, we've had a couple nights where we get to hang with him and his wife and have a drink. And uh-huh. we were sharing what happened with uh, the startup and he just seemed genuinely interested. I think, um, you know, it's one of those things that affects you, I think, personally when. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. When you just hear of something that you can't even imagine in your own mind, right? Like of what somebody else has to deal with mm -hmm. and you realize like you're taking everything for granted in life. And he has that mindset where I think he just wants to say yes to doing the right thing. Yes. And when this opportunity presented to him, he was all about it. And mm -hmm. he's jumped on board to help and see where this grows. He's got a website design company. And so he's working on our website right now to help us out. And, uh, the last person would be Katie Stanton Nichols, and she is an adaptive fitness um, professor and instructor and does more in their program, obviously, but she created an adaptive fitness program and she works at IEPUI. She is just, she's had personal experience. I know she's had to be a caretaker for her mm -hmm. sister, I think for her father. And um, her idea is just to give equal access to those with disabilities and um, she has worked with IUPUI and thankfully they get a lot of support to be able to do something like this. But I know she's got just dreams and hopes to make this more accessible for as many people as possible. So the bigger this gets, the better, right? right. And allows for more people to get help and get service. And uh, yeah, I've got a lot of people that have been good for advisory, especially, mm -hmm. I mean, I've got the support of you to help me financially <laughs> and with the accounting part. And then I've worked with some other accounting firms. And um, most recently, Tammy Hall has been really helpful for mm -hmm. me. She's a CPA. Yeah. She's worked with other nonprofits and she's getting us on track a little bit more to yeah. get our books settled to yeah. See where it goes. And there and there's and there's numerous other people oh, yeah. that, that are the unnamed, unrecognized yeah. that have come alongside to try to to help facilitate what uh, what your mission and vision is mm -hmm. all about. So um, another another question I was thinking of is uh, I know that you are you work as adjunct faculty at University of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. um, something that I was thinking of too is as you are getting this, getting the clinic up and running, and, and uh, are you going to be uh, like incorporating any research into the the program, into what you're wanting to do? Is that is that a goal? Is that something that you're trying to do as well? Yeah. So when I was a grad student at UND. Um, I did a research project on rock study boxing and Parkinson's disease yep. um, to where we were comparing whether the boxing program was better than just typical exercise. And mm -hmm. we were able to see a difference with more of this high intensity training. And I felt like that research really helped push them along and what they were doing. They're now nationwide have mm -hmm. coaches all over the place that are training on how they do and run their group training program. And mm -hmm. they're helping so many people with Parkinson's disease and not only helping them from, you know, getting worse, but like they're making their lives better at times, right? Like, right. cause they have this social environment too. It's the same thing where you're helping almost holistically, but you're focused on something, you know, different that, but mm -hmm. it's helping emotionally and mentally. Um, but yeah, their research, I think, really was able to show the difference between their program um, compared to other things that were available. Mm -hmm. And I would love to get involved with research. I, I play a small role as an adjunct faculty member just with um, helping with some of the neuro courses that they that they have for their physical therapy program. Right. And, you know, my specialization was always spinal cord injury, but um it's funny, my life's now gone into more business and administration <laughs> work, which I never would have thought happened. But um, yeah, aligning these things would be really appropriate, I think, for what we're doing to be able to show the impact that we're making. So it would be my hope, and I hope I can collaborate with the universities around here to make this possible. Wow. Yeah, I love that. 
Um, so uh, I'm going to ask you another question in, re in regards to funding. Um, as we wrap up here, I'm asking another question. But as, in regards to funding and where uh, obviously your 501c3, um, you're looking to grow, you're looking to get more established. Um, how, how and where do people kind of like go to look as we head into Giving Tuesday? Where do they go to check out more about Northbound Health? And how do, the, how do people contribute to this cause this, yeah. and donate? So I hate to say I'll probably be begging because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that seems very typical of a nonprofit world. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're always asking for money because you're doing it the right way. And, right. Um, you know, I was trying to create a document to show why we need support. And mm -hmm. one thing that made sense to me is people want care this way when it happens to them or their family member. Um, so why not support it? Uh, you see the Humane Society commercials and you see, you know, things like that where I get the animal needs saved too, but so do people, especially in these situations. Amen. It's not yeah. just about somebody's ability to have physical therapy, right? Like right. it's, it's way more than that. And it's giving them a hope and something to look forward to instead of to have this life-changing event, make their lives go downhill in a sense, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. there's mental health issues with this population too, because their lives change so much right. and people are trying to get reintegrated, but understanding how, where life goes after this. I mean, I was talking with somebody, um, for instance, but she, she didn't see her son for weeks after she had a brain tumor removed and she had no idea if she was going to be able to see him again. And then once she does recover and heal, she still has deficits, but everyone expects her to get back into her life the same mm -hmm. way she was there. And you're just like, okay, it takes a lot of services to help get that under control, not only physically, but mentally and like this holistic care, Right. but it takes so much money to do it. Insurance doesn't reimburse all these services. Yep. But then the other thing too, is like, if you want the experience of staff, you want to be able to send them to continuing education to learn and to be up to date on things. You want to get the equipment that's specialized and innovative, but it's so costly and expensive. Right. And, you know, just even taking mm. the time, the time is one mm -hmm. of the most important pieces. Mm -hmm. How many times do we feel like we go into a doctor's office and not feel like they even care one bit about us because they're moving on to the next person because they have to, yeah. or else they're not going to even be there at all to do, you know, prescribe medicine or prescribe them services. Like, it's just one of those things that I get now from the money standpoint of why things have changed in healthcare to get there, because otherwise you're not going to be open. You're not even going to be able to provide any services. So it's like, where do you take the cuts? Exactly. So that's where you have something like this. If you can get a community supporting it, right. then you're going to be able to change people's lives. And, um, you know, it might just be a small percentage, but that small percentage could affect more and more people because they start relaying what's happening. And I think it gives other people an encouragement that there's there's good out there and that there's mm -hmm. people that are wanting to help as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think I hate to say it, but I, there's so many people out there that need help and there's not enough services. So there's always going to be wait lists and there's always going to be people that don't get it either. And that's right. where it's like, if we can continue to get the support and grow, then at least that means our numbers are going to go up and we help more people. Um, so funding comes from different areas, but individual and private like donors are going to be the thing that gets us off the ground. So if right. we can get people that want to, you know, give year end gifts or it's obviously tax deductible, which is helpful for some, not always. Um, right. not always but 
you know, it can help maybe businesses. So if you're willing to give to a nonprofit, it might help on your taxes with businesses. And I hate (laughs) to just put it that blatant, but like, obviously, hopefully the important part of giving is that you're helping other people. But I think um, it's good to know that there's benefits personally too, when you do give. Um, And then there's ways of getting funding. It's going to be hard from the start, but grants and um, foundations are ways to have, you know, some of the financial support, as a startup, they want to know that you have the outcomes and that they can mm-hmm. trust you with the money. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit harder in the beginning to get grants. So again, that's why the private donations come in early on. And that's why Giving Tuesday is so important for nonprofits and places like us to mm-hmm. be able to have the support to at least get to that next stage. And I think that's where we're at right now is we just want to keep doing the right thing and right. Um, not have our care lacking because you know we're trying to just make a make money, but that money is just so that we can stay open right, right. and be able to provide the services. Yeah. Something you mentioned earlier too is about community partnership with mm-hmm. all kinds of different systems. And it's not, it's not competition um, for the same pa- patient population. There's so much demand you mentioned that uh, the need is so great that it, it, it's, it's all about the patient and partnering with community organizations to to make that happen because yeah. these types of injuries take a long time uh, to recover from yeah. and uh, to maximize uh, their recovery it takes a, a few years from what I understand so um, you know the need is there and it's a great need what you're doing is amazing and the mission and vision that you has have is awesome and I'm really excited that I'm your husband and I get to uh, be along for the ride and what I feel like God is doing in and through you. And, uh, and, and hopefully it's just to help so many people um, realize uh, that there's more, more to life than, uh, than certain things that we tend to focus on in our culture here in America. So uh, I really appreciate you coming in today and having this conversation with me on the Foster and Friends show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I did not want to do this because <laughs> this isn't my thing, but I I appreciate the support that you've given me. Um, it takes a village, right? Like yes. to do something like this. And you're just one of the people that have helped me get this going. And I appreciate <laughs> everything that you've tried to do to help. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. And with that, have a yeah. wonderful day. Love you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Foster and Friends. If you've enjoyed listening to our conversations here today, be sure to subscribe to Foster and Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube channel, Foster and Friends, for full video recordings, and our Instagram handle at Foster and Friends Podcast. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. This is Brent Foster signing off.